Hello and welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> you went full on Mr. Tumble there. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually think that we should keep that as the intro. I think it's perfect. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Full, full <laughs> Mr. Tumble. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling In podcast. I am uh, Jacob, Mr. Tumble Staten, and this is uh, JJ. How are you, JJ? I am radical. I'm I'm very good. JJ is radical now that he's got a belly full of beer again and a kidney full of sin. That's it. And I just want to start this this episode out by apologising if anyone listened to the last episode. Um, I accidentally got the wrong microphone recording and it sounded like I was recording for a Pringles tube. So I'm very sorry. Hopefully okay. the production standards will go up considerably this week. Although saying that you did fuck up the intro, so it's not the best start, uh, is it? That's fair enough. It's fair enough. Although, you, you know, last week with that, with that, with that uh, microphone, it was like a, like a one scroll of a forefinger. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, like, you know, your mum's, you know, te- technologically uh, incapable and she's scrolling with a full thing, glasses down and he's like Kimbo, like he used to. Right, got you. How, how do I bounce this? How do I bounce this? <laughs> Every goddamn week. Very weird analogy, but okay, let's, let's, let's crack on. <laughs> oh, it's me. This is a really... <laughs> This is, <laughs> it's a shocker. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's just compose ourselves. So, sorry, Come the, on, Joshua. The production value has gone. I thought it was going to go up this week, but it's gone downhill considerably. T-t-shit. So, what happened since we last spoke? We played a little team on the other side of the A52. I'm not very good at geography, so it might not be the A52, but I'm pretty sure it is. Called uh, Derby County. And Jacob, would you like to tell me what happened within that game? Um, to be perfectly honest, it was one of the easiest derby matches I've ever watched in my life. Um, I thought the first twenty minutes they were probably on top, which was you know you know they've come in, aren't they? They've, and, I don't know, buzz, buzz pumping, isn't it? And they've got you know a, a, a vociferous away following. Whoa! Um, fuck that production pro- value has gone back up because that's a massive word. That's mass. <laughs> big question. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so they've come out flying, and then Steve Cooper's gone. I mean, shag that, shaggy down. Let's change uh, to back four, push Ryan Yates forward, and let's just choke this game out. Uh, score two two lovely goals, and uh, I mean, admittedly, you know, Steve Cook's tackle was it was um, ill timed, but um, I think it's worth pointing out that despite the fact that he should be playing for Prison FC. Tom Lawrence is actually a good footballer, so you know. Well, uh, he's supposed to be, but he—I was very surprised when he fluffed his lines. Um, I thought if he bags yes. that, that could have gone very differently for us. Yeah, I loved, I loved to see it um, flash wide. I think it was just a peak derby for us. It was fantastic. Bruce Samba had the shit house game of his absolute life. Yep. Um, yep, which was very entertaining to watch. I particularly didn't think he'd have survived that massive egg on his head. That was absolutely mental. Um, yeah, we we definitely thought he wasn't coming out for the second half. So fair yeah, play to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the fact that we were playing a derby game and our manager isn't afraid to change up the system tactically and got it completely spot on. And it was easy from there on. I just think, what what a guy Steve Cooper is. 
What a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to think of negatives from the game, really. I, I mean, positives are obviously we've won, scored some great goals. Um, Brennan Johnson slapping and pulling his badge on his shirt was fantastic. Um, again, I already touched on it. The penalty, yeah, it was a penalty. Can't argue with that. And it was well, well taken. Um, but then, the, my favourite bit of the whole game was that six minutes of at a time oh. and it was I'm sure I was listening to the the Barnsley game which obviously we'll come to in a second but there was a bit before that game where I'm sure it was um, Steve Hodge in the commentary just said it was like the best six minutes he's ever listened to he's ever watched sorry he ever commentated on because they just we just controlled that whole period they yeah. didn't you know it, normally six minutes of at a time in a derby like that especially with their recent track record should have been something to worry about but just, just yeah, wasn't some, the slightest. Something Forest have been awful for in the past few years has been game management. Seeing mm. games out, we've seen the we've seen the last minute goals. We've seen the last minute goals against Derby. Um, Joe Worrell, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> and just that that six minute. I mean, how they got six minutes, I don't know. But that whole six minute period, the game management was just on point, and it made me feel a lot more relaxed seeing us play like that. But I just think. Everyone had a, a cracking game, including Steve Cook. It was a bit of a daft challenge, but who cares? We got the we got the win, and I think everyone had a fantastic game. Absolutely, and Absolutely. Keenan Davis is some player. Yes, yes, that was um, that was nice. So, you know, Twitter was awash with um, I was going to say football managers, but I feel like if they were actually actually play football manager, you wouldn't probably wouldn't judge the book by its cover but it's full of people who can read wikipedia stats and say you know he's scored he's only scored four goals in 76 games or something stupid but i'd like to point out that probably at least 80 percent of those games were 10 minute cameos at the end of the end of a game if, yeah. if that play probably playing on the wing so no he's he's looked absolutely fantastic for us so far which brings us nicely into the uh, barnsley game um which We've on the back of big games and big wins in the past, we're we're all looking daggers at the Leeds home game, followed by the is it Charlton and Lalte scored that lovely year. Yeah, I'm looking at daggers at that. Um, But yeah, we we, no no such luck for for Barnsley. Um, JJ, what were your thoughts on that game? I wish we could play Barnsley every week. To be honest with you, it was. Quite possibly the most relaxed I have ever been watching Forest. Well, mm. particularly in the last few years, I just felt like they were never going to. It just felt like they weren't ever going to do anything on the ball. They were shocking. They, they, I mean, there's a few moments where you you could argue that they were inverted commas on top, but they were doing nothing with it, and it just felt it just felt inevitable that we would score. Once we got the first one, which was relatively early, it's nice to see Forrest score in the first 15 minutes, of course. Um, it just felt very easy. And I mean, Barnsley having a bit of a rotten time. They've managed to get themselves below Derby, despite Derby having a 21-point deduction, which is mental. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, I just wish we could play them every week. It was It felt very relaxed. And I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it after we hear your thoughts on the game, but the fact that we won 3-0 and our manager wasn't happy with that says a lot, speaks volumes, really. Yeah, apparently he wasn't happy with the, the half an hour after, after in the first half an hour of the second half because mm. they they came out and, you know, as you've said, they didn't really do much with it, but they, they, they tried their best to control the game, which is, yeah. I don't know, I, you have to... I, my dad always says, you know, every every team has a purple patch, so... You know, no matter what happens, you always have at least one chance to score in a game. 
or you have one, you know, one chance on, on one period in the game on top. So, you know, I don't know. Coming come, coming out the other side and then get a bag in a third. It, yeah, it, I don't know. It just just seems like good game management, and and I'm happy he wasn't happy because you know high standards. That's been. it. That's what we need from a manager. Um, if we want Absolutely. to do anything with it, and obviously this this game saw Keenan Dave's first goal for the Reds. Talk to me. Uh, uh, just. So I I didn't see that goal live. I watched it. I've watched the second half and then I, I kind of picked up on highlights after the game. But from what I'd read of the goal, it did it did it no justice in any way, shape, or form. He wins the ball almost at the halfway line. He goes one on one with the keeper, and it it's just fantastic. And I, and I didn't I, I I genuinely didn't didn't think he had that kind of game in him. So maybe you know maybe this is the start of some serious serious goals from from Keenan, which would be fantastic. Which um, I don't know if you've got anything else to say about the Barza game. I know we sort of gloss over both those Derby and Barza games quite quickly, but um, goals from Keenan is going to be, I, I know, I don't know why I'm talking as if I'm on first name basis with the guy, but <laughs> goals from our mate Keenan um, is going to be essential after what's happened in the last game, which was against Cardiff, um, which saw Lewis Graben get injured, which is, he's out for six weeks, bit of a bit of a poor time for him to uh, get injured because We've got a few big games coming up this month, but we talk about Steve Cooper and his high standards. And I thought, I figured going into this Cardiff game, I thought we'd have a point to prove after winning 3-0 and him not being entirely happy with the performance. I thought the Cardiff game was going to go much more different to what it did. So yeah, what what went wrong? Why were we so lacklustre, do you think, Jacob? I think against a team like Cardiff, which is notoriously kind of long ball, big striker type team, um, the first goal is very crucial. So, so against the team towards the top of the table where they're going to continue attacking, conceding the first goal isn't, isn't so much of a, a a big thing because they're they're going to attack you. They're going to they're going to be open. There's going to be space. We can, especially with the way we play football, you know. Although we, although, you know, if we have the ball, we like to play good football, but we can also soak up pressure and counter attack. So kind of going down one goal against those bigger teams and more attacking teams isn't so much an issue. However, losing that first goal against a team like Cardiff, who are fighting relegation realistically now, um, in the first 10 minutes, I know it's first five minutes, but in, in, you know, losing that first goal in the first 10 minutes, six minutes it's gonna take, was Jordan Hugo. Yeah, it's going to take a huge, huge turnaround. Um, and then kind of, I, I thought we controlled a lot of the second half. I, 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 it's not no, nowhere near as good as the Huddersfield game, which we lost at home, which we, I don't know how we didn't get anything yeah, out of that game. Still frustrating to think about I, that game. I, I still think we were absolutely fantastic that game and I have no issue really losing it 1-0 because of how well they played. But I thought we controlled most of the second half and then one second where we turn off one second where we turn off and nobody chases that ball to hound it out or we'll try and win it back. And Bree Samba is there shouting and screaming, go and get the ball, go and get the ball. Um, it just it just looked like they'd either had one day off too many in between mm. the, the Barnes and Cardiff game or they'd have one training session too many. Um, yeah, they look they look really leggy. They, they look like they couldn't chase down the ball as much as they didn't press as hard. Yeah. A lot of the time it felt like you could just see them waiting for the ball to come to them rather than running towards it. And then obviously Cardiff player would just run with it or they'd stand off the man. It just felt very, very leggy. 
and we looked tired. Um, I think was the case. But uh, would you say that was a worse performance than Middlesbrough? Because that was probably the one of the lowlights so far in the coup. I think Middlesbrough and Boxing Day was particularly shocking. But would you say this was worse or not that bad? Um, I think the Middlesbrough one was worse. I don't feel like we were ever in the Middlesbrough game. Um, whereas I think this one, if, if they don't score that goal in the first 10 minutes, I think we, we go on to snatch it like the Millwall game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, and you know, Twitter is a disgusting, horrible place, isn't it? Most of the time. And you know, there's, oh, there's, you know, everyone's falling out because of Brendan. They didn't sell him. They did sell him. Blah, 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 blah. It's, and it's one game, man. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. We, like, we can't win every game. That's the thing. It was very, you know, I'll admit at the time I was very frustrated watching it. It just just felt like we were lacking that cutting edge that we have under Cooper. Mm. And something that frustrated me quite a lot was we were going for the long ball up on occasions without Keenan Davis. So if he's not on the pitch, why are we trying that? You know, nine times out of 10, Cardiff are going to head that away because they're all about seven foot 10. They've got a team full of great Carlees, but... It just mm-hmm. it was just frustrating, but you know, on reflection, the worst thing that happened to it wasn't losing the three points. It was losing both Lewis Grabber and Steve Cook. Um, I mean, even Scott McKenna had a relatively poor game by his standards. He looked sloppy, so I think that just says a lot. I think you can judge the the rest of the performance by that. But losing Lewis Grabber and Steve Cook ahead of some massive games coming up, um, which will really sort of put us in the mixer for playoffs, is. It's slightly worrying. However, we have had uh, an interesting end to the January transfer window, which let's let's talk about that now and see if that's rectified that situation. Yeah, so I think probably the best thing to do is to look at each of the the five signings in January on an individual basis, and I think we're gonna we're gonna go for an out, out of five star system um, rather than doing it separate. I think we can probably come to an agreement on each one. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do them in chronological order. So. Yeah. Let's start with let's start with Keenan Davis. Um, I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off before he came, and guilty. Uh, and I, I don't know. He's already turned me around. He he works hard. Um, he had he had a finish that I didn't think he had in him. Um, I'm just I'm just frustrated that we could come to really depend on yet another player who's only on loan. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go three and a half stars, and it's only the fact that there's a, it's a loan that's stopping it from being four. Fair, fair. So we're rating the transfer business as a whole, not just the player. Is that? Oh no, no. Let's just go individual player. I, I, I think Keenan, Keenan Davis, Keenan Davis as a, as a transfer in on loan. Yeah. I, I'm giving it three and a half stars because if it was permanent or with an obligation to buy or with an option to buy, I would be saying four stars. Yeah. I think I was definitely one of the ones that looked straight away. You look on Wikipedia, see he's mm. not scored. You think, fuck that, you know. I, I yeah. was one of them. Spoke to my mate at the Sports Villa who was um, raving about how good he is at holding up the ball. Adds a different dimension to play, but he, he hasn't really had a consistent run in a team to get goals. So that's why his goal scoring record isn't quite there. So mm. I was certainly quick to judge him before. But after seeing him, I think I've, I'll give him a four out of five. I think he's, he's going to be vital to us. He adds a massively... Di- like he's he's like a good Lyle Taylor in terms of holding the ball up. Yeah. Um, 
Lau Taylor, you just hope would hold the ball up and he just falls to the ground and it's very frustrating. But, I mean, Keenan Davis just makes it look easy. He Not only that, he's a big lad, but he can glide past players at time at times yeah. to drive the ball forward, which for a team like ours is, is massive. So massively important for link-up play. I think he, he is just really good. And I think at a championship, he's going to be excellent. I think he's probably Premier League quality in reality. So I'd definitely give him a four out of five. Okay. I, 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 yeah, I can bump him. I'll, I'll agree. Let's go for four out of five for, for Keenan Davis. Um, moving on to the next signing then, um, Steve Cook on a free from Bournemouth. Mm. Um, his first game against Arsenal, he looked like he'd been with us all season and, but not only that had been playing well with us all season. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna. <clears throat> I think I'm just gonna go straight in and say four out of five. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what more we can say than that. Really. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, think I didn't maybe... really want him before <clears throat> because <clears throat> I, I know we've changed our policy to sign younger players, and I was like, "What are we? Do we really need to do this?" But then you find out it's a free, um, and you actually watch him, and that experience is vital. He didn't have a great game against Cardiff. No one. No one did really, but in his three games prior to that, or four games prior to mm. that, he looked, um, yeah, looked calm, collected, spot on. He looked like he'd been part of that defence for a long time with McKenna, and when it was McKenna yeah. and Worrell, that back three is frighteningly good. So, um, I'd definitely go for a four for Steve Cook. Awesome. Um, and the next one, I think this will be the quickest one, is is Richie Larea. Um, <clears throat> not we've not seen him yet in a shirt in a, in a forest shirt due to um i think there were issues with his uh visa and then he's been uh, in canada representing the maple leaves um well, yeah, I, think they, actually, they, I think they won they, they won uh us of a didn't they yes us that's it us of a um but yeah i'm, I'm interested to see because i i'm interested to see if he's going to be a right back or a left back because and, and this is something I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what pans out over the over the summer as well because we and we'll, we'll touch on obviously Jonathan Panzo in a second but we a core of our team this season has been Jed Spence Max Lowe um, even Philip Zinkanagel um, Garner James Garner all loan, loan signings and I trust Steve Cooper implicitly and I know he's not particularly um responsible for all of those but he has to have at least some worries that the core of his team is gone so all this momentum and stuff is just going to dissipate when he when when it comes to the end of the season because I, I hate to break it to anyone who's got delusions we ain't getting Jed Spence at the end of the season I doubt would even get me for Wayne Top yeah. <clears throat> um, we Max Lowe I would have thought we'd have a much better chance of signing, but I would have thought that by now we would have already signed him, if that makes sense. I, I yeah. thought we would have moved, moved to snap that up in January. Um, Zinkanagel, it probably depends on where Watford are at the end of the season. Uh, and James Carlo, you know, again, no chance whether we go up. If we go up, we may have a chance of getting him back on loan, but yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just frustrating looking at that and saying like, we probably have half a chance of getting Max Lowe. So that, that core of the team is gone. So I'll be interested to see where Richard Array plays because yeah. I think he's a right-footed fullback. He so played, he can play both. Yeah, he played for 
right back mm. for Canada against USA. Mm. But that, we've heard that he can play both left back as well. Yeah. So, so it's an, yeah, it's it's an interesting. Be interesting. So I'll, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna decline. To, uh, I'll give. It, uh, I'll give it two and a half stars because. Yeah, I'll go. We'll go. I'll go halfway. Yeah, I'm happy to go two and a half. I think he. From what I've seen, people are quite excited by him. Um, I don't know on what basis, really, because I don't know much about him, so I can't really judge him until he plays. Um, and it'll be similar for the next two that we will discuss that have come in. But like you say, I think he's more of a long-term solution to to not having Jed Spence, uh, I think. But whether we get to see him, you know, with the form Jed Spence is in and having Max Lowe, I don't know whether we will see him for... A while it depends on what happens possibly an injury might be his route in but yeah yeah i think it's a long-term one and he seems like he's going to be a good player he's got a lot of potential by the sounds of it so uh one to watch but yeah can't really judge him yet based on not seeing him yeah um and i, I think we could probably do Surridge and, and panzo in a similar fashion but pardon me um, they, they these two have both played um, youth England England youth level football under Steve Cooper. Yeah. Um, I know Jonathan Panzo was actually part of that under seventeens team that won the World Cup a few years ago that included Phil Foden and and uh, players like that, uh, Jane, Jane Sancho, etc. Um, he youth team. He was one of the um, one of the the minions of Chelsea. Who he actually he actually went to Monaco. Mm-hmm. And that's where he ended up at. Uh, that's how he ended up at Dijon. Um, I, yeah, um, he's a left-footed, left-footed centre back. I think you can play left back. So that's what's made me think: is he coming in to be the left back with um, Richie Larea going to be the right back for next season? Because as good as Jed Spence and Max Lowe have been, if they're not going to be here next year and we have those backups, I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing them to kind of get phased out towards the end of the season. Yeah, um, Jonathan Panzo. Obviously, Steve Cooper's got prior with him, as you just mentioned, but I read an article the other, well, I think it was Nottingham Post that put it up, that said that Steve Cooper wanted him for Swansea. He made a move mm. for him, but Monaco demanded 4.2 million, um, yeah. which put him off it. And then, obviously, he went to Dijon, who got relegated, I think, but because yes, of that, did, yes. because of that, we got him for one point five million. Rumored, I don't know if that yeah. fee is is real or not. But that's the the rumored fee, but obviously that is a quite a significant cut in money. <clears throat> Thing is, Sam Surridge, Jonathan Panzo, typically, you know, say if it was a few transfer seasons ago where we got Dear Carby, I'd be thinking, oh, here we go. What what can we expect here? But I look at what Cooper's done for players like Jed Spence, yeah. Colback. You know, he he makes plays better, and he's got a good history of youth plays. So, I'm fairly excited to see <clears throat> how these two turn out. And I think Panzo looks to me the most um, like ready to to do well for us. Sam Surridge looks like he's got a lot of potential, but he just didn't seem to fit in at Stoke. It seems. But yeah, I, I did, feel like we I, can get him, if we get him firing on all cylinders, I just feel like he could be a very good addition and yeah. one for the future, which we're starting to get a younger one for the future squad. We've got, I know we've got MBSO who never really plays because he's always on the injury uh, bench, mm-hmm. but he's certainly a young, promising player. You've got Panzo, Brennan Johnson, who will probably go. Uh, Worrell, 
uh, Larea, um, Surridge, Panzo. We've got a lot of youngsters. Mighton. It's it's we're getting away from these signings that are thirty five year old championship yeah. players that are past it that are on stupid wages. So I think overall this January transfer window. Let's let's give them these both a score first, and then we'll go overall. But I think it has been a very promising transfer window. I think I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go two stars for both of them because they're, they're a bit more of an unknown quantity than, than Richie Larea. Richie Larea is a little bit older and a little bit more of a first team, straight yeah. into the first team. Um, but again, on some storage, it's, it's a similar thing. Of My only comment would be is Keenan Davis is on loan and has done well. Yeah. Why didn't we try and make that permanent? Yeah. What, do, what would you say yeah. his value is for Davis? <clears throat> Keenan Davis... Two million for storage, which is a fair amount. It's it's probably it's probably more than that. And you know, um, you know, I trust Steve Cooper implicitly. So if he says Sam Sorridge is the future and Keenan Davis isn't or, or, or he's got a plan in that, that's that's fantastic. It's just you know, again, they they're gonna prove if Keenan Davis is on loan with no real kind of situation where we bring them in him in on a permanent, then play Sam Sorridge because that's the one we have for you know three years type thing that's that's yeah where i stand that yeah and um, just we'll talk about transfer window as a whole and give it a rating but it's mm. worth pointing out that at one point it looked like we were going to get both jed wallace and josh bowler which i thought would have been extremely good additions but it was not meant to be blackpool turned them down multiple bids uh, bournemouth even got involved and they got turned down for three million i think in the end so well for I them think, yeah, I think the Josh Bowler one, I, I, I don't know if Blackpool are thinking. I, it's really not, I, I literally don't know what they're thinking. Um, they're turning down big money for a player that's, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I just don't get it. The the Jed Wallace one, I find very peculiar because I I was on the, on the belief of he was literally ready to sign a pre-contract with Besiktas. Mm. And then we... Want, wanted to hijack it because we'd actually give Millwall money and then it would appear that he's had some kind of faux injury until literally last night when he played to to stop us from signing him or anyone from signing him so yeah. <clears throat> very peculiar situation when we were probably willing to give them money that they weren't going to get anyway because he's, his contract's up in the summer so interesting to see if we move for either of them over the summer yeah um, yeah but yeah, yeah. I think as a whole, I'd probably give the transfer window probably a, I'd probably go a three and a, a three out of five, three three stars out of five. But because we we seem to have identified players that Steve Cooper wanted, like I'm only probably going to give it a four out of five because mm. we've, we've we've you know the, the thing you've got to think about as well is whilst we've brought some players in, we've got rid of a few. Eli's yeah. gone. I know that was a mutual thing by the looks of it. Um, yeah. Jenkinson's gone to Australia. Get him off the wage book. Fantastic. E, uh, Drager's gone on loan today, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, who else went? There was a few that went. Uh, let's have a look. Transfers out. Uh, Jao Corvalio. Oh, Corvalio. How the fuck did I forget about that? RIP Sweet Prince. Yeah, uh, Lyle Taylor's gone out on loan. Yes, that's I, and that's and that's fair enough. You know, he wasn't playing. No. He obviously wants to play. No hard feelings, that kind of thing. He'll thrive in a team uh, Ty- like Birmingham under Lebo. Yeah, Tyrese Fornell's gone on loan to Shrewsbury Town. Yeah. I, I'm kind of 
kind of disappointed, but I feel like you know Jack Colback went from I don't know, yeah, his from, from a hot from go on, go on. As I say, Jack Colbert's gone from a hobgoblin to fucking ginger peel again, hasn't he? So <laughs> yeah, he has gone from a hobgoblin. Well, I mean, we've got Colbert, Garner, Yates, and Ojeda. Um, so his mm-hmm. route is relatively blocked. But sad to see him go. But he, he needs it. He definitely needs it. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, um, we kept. Is there any more that have gone out? No, 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 no. I just wanted to uh, before we move on to, to previewing the Leicester game real quickly. I just wanted to give a, a, a big shout out to your favourite Forest player of recent years, uh, Fawad Bashiru. He plays for the Tricky Trees. Bashiru, he's like so with better, and he's uh, playing for the Comoros against the Ivory Coast. And it's one of the. I don't know if anyone saw that game, but they they started with a left back in goal. Who then got sent off after seven minutes? They had to put another left back in goal, and I'm they sure only you've lost got that wrong. That, that isn't real. I think I'm sure they start. I'm sure the first the first one might have been, or he might have got injured. But literally after seven minutes, they had to swap him out. That's where they had ten men. Fucking hell! Uh, but yeah, the, the the I don't know who it was who scored the goal. It wasn't Bashiru, but the the free kick that the, the player for the Comoros scored was unbelievable. So if you you know if you've got a spare second, it's definitely worth checking that out if you haven't seen it. I but definitely yeah, didn't think we'd to, get a Fawad Basharu shout out in this episode. Like so with better knees. Um, I'm so upset that he never took on and that chant never went because I think it's fucking banging. <laughs> anyway, before we go to preview Leicester, you completely intercepted my point there. I was going to mention that in the transfer window, we'd kept Brennan Johnson and Joe Worrell, which equally yep. brings it up to a four out of five window. Despite a lot of interest from uh, Brentford, I think they went to 18 million was the highest they went to in the end, but we said no. Yep. So he's obviously going to go in the summer. We're, we're not daft enough to, unless we go up, um, we know that's going to happen. But shows ambition that we're willing to turn down 18 million to keep our best player. Well, yeah. I don't even know if I mean best player, but a good player. Um it shows ambition that we're willing to do that. So fair play. Yeah, it's 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 not a it's a sensible decision there because his fee's not going down anytime soon, is it? It's not. He, if it was a we turned it down in the summer and we're going to think about it next year, then that's one thing. But literally, we're, we're talking a matter of form. You know, in within four months it'll be April and we'll be either in the playoffs or not. And then you know, then teams can come in for him type thing, and they're probably going to be offering the same money, if not more, if he's doing better. So, yeah, yeah, it seems like it seems like everybody wins, and he can be part of a, you know, he gets more experience as part of a almost a playoff push. So, yeah, I think everybody won there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, probably Brentford don't feel like they won, but you know, fuck them with your Lego stadium. So, um, which brings it, which you know, shit old brand new stadiums brings us nicely to Leicester City hey. in the uh, in the FA Cup. Uh, which we will both be attending in the uh, padded cushion seats of the, uh, I don't know, what, what, what was it, the 1865 lounge? Uh, Legends so Lounge, I think it's called. The, Legends the, Lounge. Know, Legends some, Lounge. Some form of um, lounge. I don't, I don't really want to predict this game because, I mean, the Arsenal game was one of them ones where, you know, Arsenal don't show up. That's their thing in the minutes, isn't it? But um, I feel like this will be a fantastic game. I feel like Brendan Rodgers will take it seriously because they're defending the cup. Yeah, uh, which makes me feel sick, feel sick to say. Um, but I also know that Steve Cooper will take it seriously because he, he understands we want to kick fuck out of him. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say two one Forest. Oof, he fancies it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, 
they're definitely going to go very strong. But I just feel Steve Cooper can beat anybody. Like I had a bit of a feeling mm. against Arsenal that we could do something, and I've got a similar feeling here. If we lose, if we get battered, so fucking what? We're expected to. Yeah. That's part of the fun of this type of game. It is a free hit. Um, only go two 0 Forest clean sheet. Ooh. Um, yeah, my two one. I'm going to say the one for less is going to be Jamie Vardy. He's I think he's injured. I don't think he's playing. Oh, is he? Oh, okay, um, yeah, no. I think well, two is more likely. If but, yeah. This is my my source is fantasy football. It says uh, he's out. So I don't know if that is true or not. It could. He's taking too many too many cans of Monster. Yeah, it says it says on on fantasy football. It says expected back fifth of March, which is actually Ooh. a month away. So. Jesus Christ. If that's true, yeah. we won't be seeing him. But, I mean, without Jamie Vardy, they've got a very good squad. Yeah, they're no bad, are they? They're no bad. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, um, Blackburn away. JJ, what are you saying? Talk to me. Uh, give me a highlight point. Give me a score. Come on it's now. It's going to be rough game. Um, I think they've got a few injuries. I think Diaz, uh, although maybe Diaz is back, actually, because I think he played for... Who? Ben Reverton Diaz. Oh, Maybe wow. he's not injured. Jesus. Maybe it's just that he's playing for Chile. Uh, it's going to be a very difficult game I uh, think it'll be actually a good game I'm going to go 2-0 mm-hmm. Forest I think it will be difficult there so I don't know if I entirely believe that Forest. Um, I watched them okay who did they play was it Middlesbrough when who's that that striker they've got Gallagher the number 9 Gallagher yeah Sam Gallagher scored that oh, fucking wonderful goal a wonderful finish in the bottom corner um, I'm going to go with a very optimistic one all. I think. Yeah, I think we've a very I'll tough take, game. I'll take a point against Blackburn, yeah. definitely. In the form there. Yeah, I, I have a, I have a slight fear on our playoff push is that we'll never actually get in in there. We'll be there or thereabouts, but we'll never actually get in, and that's my yeah. fear. But okay, um, so I've gone one all. JJ's gone two 0 Forest. Uh, this has been the Miss Rolling Podcast. If you're listening for the first time, thank you very much. If you if you're listening again, God bless you. And um <laughs> you're it. You're it. <laughs>